Welcome back to Clarity Combos for Wedding Pros Podcast. I'm your host, Aislinn, and today we have a very special episode. We have another guest episode. I'm so excited to get into this amazing conversation today. But before we get started with that, I just want to say a thank you. As we close out this year, I just want to say the biggest thank you to all of the listeners out there. Creating this podcast this year has been truly one of the biggest blessings in my business, and I have loved the conversations I've been able to have. I've loved the interviews I've been able to have. I've loved the conversations that have been happening in the DMs because of our podcast episodes. I've had clients hire me from the podcast. It has been truly amazing to host this for you, and I am so excited for what is to come in 2024. It's going to be really big, and I'm very, very excited. So without further ado, let's get into our guest episode today. We have the amazing Heidi Thompson here with us. Heidi, go ahead and say hello. Hey, thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited for this. And if you guys don't know who Heidi is, you should know who she is at this point. She is a wedding business coach and marketing strategist behind Evolve Your Wedding Business. So this is where she helps wedding professionals book more ideal clients and craft a business that gives them more income, more life, more freedom, all these things that they want. And she has amazing business and marketing expertise. She's been featured in a whole slew of places like the Huffington Post, Wedding MBA, IELTS Planner, and HoneyBook. And the thing I'm excited to talk about today is that she is the creator of the Book More Wedding Summit and Wedding Business CEO Summit. This, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to talk to you about this, but over the past 10 years, Heidi has helped thousands and thousands and thousands of wedding professionals just like you all over the world with all of this. And I'm so excited because today we're going to be talking about basically what the theme of the summit is going to be. So Heidi, if you want to just kind of explain the summit and your expertise, I'd love to hear more. Yeah. So over the past, it's been more than 11 years now, there are two really big things that I've seen arise over and over again with wedding professionals, two really big problems. The first one is always, how do I book more clients? How do I get more of these people that I want to work with? And then immediately after you solve that problem, you go into the problem of, okay, now everything feels like it's on fire and I'm just running around like crazy. How do I run this business in a way that doesn't require me to work insane hours? And that latter problem is what Wedding Business CEO Summit is all about. It's about stepping into your role as CEO and learning how to reclaim that time and streamline things so that you don't have to be running your business this way. Because I think a lot of people think that that's just the way it has to be. And I can promise you it is not. Yeah. And you've done this summit for multiple years now, right? Yeah. I started doing these in like the month the uh, pandemic hit the U.S. So like March 2020. (laughs) I feel like you probably learned a lot since March of 2020. And it's so funny because I feel like there are so many things we did in 2020 that were very virtual because it kind of had to be. But I feel like a lot of like adapting happened in that year. I can't tell you how many virtual coffee dates I went on in 2020. Yeah, I mean, we had to. It was so strange, but I think it pushed us to learn a lot of things, which is always good. Yeah, and I love too because like before 2020, a lot of people were really in this headspace of I have to network in person. I have to learn my education in person. I have to go to workshops. I have to go to Europe in order to make my business better. And I think what's so cool about what you do is that it's a virtual summit, 
which means that you can live anywhere in the world and attend the summit. You don't have to live in a specific place. You don't have to go to a specific place. You can literally be in your pajamas learning from world-class uh, marketers and world-class like business owners and their expertise, and you don't have to go anywhere for it. Yeah. And it makes it so much bigger and so much wider. So you get to learn from people that you wouldn't get to learn from because it wouldn't make sense for them to travel to, you know, an in-person conference on the West coast of the U S or you get to connect and network with wedding professionals that you wouldn't because why would you start talking to like a wedding planner in New Zealand unless you were actively, you know, seeking them out? Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you've had a whole bunch of really cool speakers and like summit guests. Like I, I'm sure you've learned a lot yourself, like just listening to the people that you've had. Oh my God. It's like my favorite thing. I get to like be a student of everybody else. I always learn a ton. Oh, I love that so much. Well, I really want to talk about kind of like what we said the theme of the actual summit is, which is helping wedding professionals like stop working insane hours and like just kind of like regaining control of their business so nothing feels like it's on fire. Because if your business feels like it's on fire, we have a problem. And it's likely going to be partially a mindset problem, but it's also going to be a systems problem. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those things that I think we just accept. We just are like, okay, like this is just how it's going to be. This is just how it works. But it's only working that way because of the way you're approaching it. There are absolutely different ways to do this that don't require you to work insane hours. And I think one of the most important things to realize is the number of hours you work is not in many ways anything to do with the result that you get. And a lot of people work, you know, super hard for like 60 hours a week and they're making less than someone that's working 20 hours a week in a very like streamlined and focused way. It's not about the amount of hours and we have to get out of that mindset of, you know, the amount of work I put in, like the hourly employee mindset that doing more work is surely going to result in making more money and getting whatever result you're after, because that's almost never the case. I don't know if you talk about this with your clients, but we talk about it inside of some of my programs and with my clients around, are you doing a thousand dollar an hour job or are you doing a $10 an hour job? Because if all of your tasks are $10 an hour jobs, of course, you're going to be working 60 hours a week because you're not doing those CEO money generating activity tasks. You're doing employee tasks. And that's exactly Yeah. And it's one of those things where like, yeah, you can sit and organize your inbox for four hours, but does that generate any revenue? Does that do anything for the business? Or you could work on making one connection with someone for 30 minutes that generates a ton of revenue. It, It really isn't anything to do with the amount of time that gets put into it. It's looking strategically at, okay, these are the outcomes I want. And so these are the actions I should take in order to get there. And I think all too often it's, there's a couple of reasons why we do this for sure, but some of it is like just societal. We feel like we have to work hard. Some of it is absolutely one I see is people are afraid to do the stuff that actually gets results because what if I do it and it doesn't work out the way I thought it would. So it's a hell of a lot safer to just 
you know, organize my desktop on my computer than to actually go do something that feels a little bit risky, but that has a huge reward associated with it, which I understand. I feel that too, but I look at it more as an indication that this is the thing I should be spending my time on. Absolutely. And I think there's actually like, there's some mindset pieces around this too, around fear of success. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of times we love to say like, oh, it's fear of failure. What if it doesn't work out? And subconsciously, a lot of times it's actually a fear of success. What if it does work out and I have more responsibility? What if it does work out and I'm more visible? What if it does work out and I make more money? And in my head, money is like not associated with good things. These are the subconscious pieces that we can be working on in order for the task that's in front of us to like actually be a task that like we need to be doing. Yeah, and I'm really glad you pointed that out because I think we're all aware of a fear of failure, but the concept of a fear of success like sounds almost laughable, but I think we all get into that at certain times. You know, we're all afraid to be a little bit more visible. We're all uh, sometimes afraid to have more money, afraid to have employees that we're responsible for. Like, I get it. These are new and sometimes bigger responsibilities, but you have to recognize that that's the reason why you're doing this. And it's not because working hard automatically equals success because like, look at some of the most hardworking people on the planet make like pennies. So obviously those two things are not directly connected. Yeah. And if you're sitting in a social circle in the wedding industry, that's telling you, you have to work harder and you're starting to feel that burnout like happening in your body and in your mind. And you're like, maybe I don't want to do this. I encourage you to find circles that are talking more about exactly what Heidi and I are talking about, like some of the subconscious work, the mindset work, but also the money generating and the strategies where you actually can create more space in your business and you can create a business that feels really good to you. There are, I promise you, spaces out there that are talking about this. They're talking about you get to build a business that feels really good to you in all different aspects. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, you mentioned that and I'm thinking about uh, some conversations I've had recently with members of my membership, the Wedding Business Collective. And it's funny, like sometimes it takes an outside perspective to be able to actually see what it is that you're doing. I, I'm too close to a lot of my own stuff to see what I'm doing and how I, you know, self-sabotage in my own fun, unique ways. But there are so many people that join and they're like, oh, I'm so busy. And then once we look at, okay, what are you doing? What are you spending time on? I get to be like, quit this, quit this, quit this, quit this. Stop doing all that. Okay, you just freed up like at least 10 hours. Now let's use like two of those hours to do something really strategic, really focused on where you want to get to. And that's the difference between, you know, planning the work that you're going to do around strategy and planning the work you're going to do around like this reactive mode of like feeling like you're just pulled in a million different directions. We don't automatically know how to deal with this because we aren't built like our brains are not built to have like notifications pinging all the time we don't know how to handle this it's something we have to learn but if you're in a position where you feel like you're being pulled in a million different directions you have to realize that 
the way you're running your business is you're just reacting to those things. You are not going into the day saying, okay, this is what I'm doing today. This is the really important thing that I know is going to drive the result I want. And the cool thing about figuring out for yourself, you know, what things you're reacting to is you get to quit so much of that stuff. You get to just not do it or put it on the back burner for a month because quite frankly, like I would say at least 80% of what we do on a day-to-day basis in most businesses is not necessary and is not even directly tied to the goals that we want to reach. Oh, I completely, completely agree with everything you just said. And I think a lot of wedding professionals, they think that they have to run their business like they did when they first started their business. And I was 16 when I first started my business. So when I was 16 years old, if I wasn't doing something for my business, I was doing my homework. So like busy, busy, busy all day long. Yeah. Yeah. And so like for me, it was like I was having to juggle at the time high school and owning a business. And then I was having to juggle college and owning a business. And then I was having to juggle married life and like the beginning of marriage and running a business. And now like things have kind of settled out. Like I've been a business owner for almost 15 years at this point. And it's like we almost fear the amount of space that we've created because all of our systems are working for us. And so one of the things I would encourage anyone who's listening to this is don't fear the amount of space that you're creating in your business. Ask yourself, if I had more space, what would I do that lights me up? What would feel really juicy to go do? What would be really entertaining to go do? What would be really fulfilling for me to go do? And go fill your time with that stuff. Fill your own cup. When you make more space, that's one of the things that you're making space for. I just read something the other day that, and of course, this is common sense, and we've done this for centuries until capitalism. Uh, But having at least one lazy day where you do basically nothing a week is really good for your heart health, really good for your stress levels, really good for your brain. And it's like, yeah, I feel like religion kind of figured that out about like 8,000 years ago, but we lost it, you know, and we're just working nonstop all day, every day. And taking that time is so important. And I also fully recognize it can feel weird. I was having a conversation with my brother and we were talking about work hours and he's an employee. And I was saying like, oh yeah, I typically don't start doing anything until like 11. And then I'll usually take a break, eat, come back around like one. And I'm working probably about like four-ish hours a day. And even to my own brother, who's like, you know, my blood and I, who I adore and is a very good friend, like even saying that out loud, I was like, that makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Okay. I recognize that, uh, I'm judging that. And the judgment I'm putting on that is like, I'm not doing enough when I know damn well in my head that I am. So if you feel that way, I think it's really important to know, like, that's totally normal and that's expected Because you're going against, you know, all these years of momentum of I'm supposed to be doing things this way. I'm supposed to be behaving this way. That kind of thing doesn't just change overnight. I've been doing this for 11 years and I still get that feeling of like, do I really only work four hours a day? Is that okay? (laughs) Yeah, we call it potato day in my household. (laughs) I love that. So uh, my husband will come upstairs and I'll be on the couch in my pajamas and like I'll have a book in my hand and like a cup of like hot chocolate or whatever. And he'll be like, 
how's your day going? And I'll be like, it's a potato day. And he's like, have fun. Enjoy. I love that. Yeah. So like you guys can call it a CEO day or you can call it a Heidi day or an Aislinn day or whatever you want to. We call it potato day in my household because that's the expectation is that I'm going to sit on the couch and be a potato all day. And I know that when I'm doing that, I'm doing it for myself. And I think that's one of the things that like if you struggle with rest, when you are resting, telling yourself, you can close your eyes, put your hand on your heart, do the woo woo, whatever you want to. I want you to say, I am doing this for myself. I am filling my own cup in this moment. And I think that can really kind of help with some of the the inner monologue that's going on around rest isn't good. Something I had to start telling myself was like, this is part of the work. Like taking time off, sleeping in, having potato days, you know, going out to lunch in the middle of a work day. Like this is part of the work because if you're working nonstop, you have no creativity. You have no ability to actually do anything with your brain because you're just in like robot mode. So it is part of the work to refill yourself. Yeah, I've, I've sat at tables with women making $50,000 months. I've sat at tables with women making million-dollar months. Every single one of these women that I've sat at these tables with has a CEO day or they have a them day, like where they spend the day filling their own cup. And so I like to think like when I'm sitting here like, oh, I shouldn't be resting. I'm like, you know what? Every mentor that I've ever had that has made a significant amount of more money than I'm making has rest days. I get to have a rest day. And you have to remind yourself. And I think that's the thing a lot of people forget is they feel that resistance and they're like, that means I'm doing something bad. And it's like, no, I feel that, you feel that, we all feel that, we all have to remind ourselves. So don't use that as a way of preventing yourself from doing these things. Use that as an opportunity to remind yourself that this is actually really good for you and your business. Yeah. And I think, you know, going back to like the theme of the summit, it makes sense that you guys would feel this way. I've felt this way. Heidi's felt this way. Like this is normal, but we want to run businesses that don't feel like they are on fire. And so learning how to rest is one of those ways that we can kind of calm down that feeling of things are on fire. And I meet so many wedding professionals that are in that fire mode. And when you're in that mode, you don't have the luxury of being able to take a step back and look at what you're doing and analyze how you're spending your time and look at, okay, am I actually spending my time in a way that makes sense? Because you're like, you're in survival mode at that moment. And until you can pull yourself out of that, you are just like on autopilot doing anything and everything that you can when it's like, you know, trying to dig a ditch with a teaspoon instead of if you like took a step back for a second and like, I'm going to go run a backhoe, like be right back. This makes way more sense. But we don't have that luxury when we're in that mindset. So I think so much of it is giving yourself an opportunity to press pause and to like just put some things on the back burner because not everything is important. Most things are going to be fine if you don't do them today, if you don't do them this week, if you don't do them this month. A lot of things are self-imposed deadlines. I do that to myself too. But if we don't, like I said, you know, take that time, you never have that reflection point of, oh, I could just not do this. I could just adjust the way I'm doing this. I could streamline this so it takes five hours less a week. 
And that's what I really want people to be able to do during the summit, because once you make that change, once you really look critically at the way you're spending your time, the way you're managing your time, you get to reap the rewards of that every single week. That's not just like a one-time thing. Yeah. I mean, everything you were just saying, like there is neuroscience to back that up. There is nervous system regulation. Like your actual nervous system is like getting dysregulated when we are in a state of everything's on fire. So part of stepping back in those reflection points is a act of regulating your nervous system. And so as we step out of survival and we step into more of a neutral state and we step into a more of a not fight or flight state, it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel so weird if that's what you've been operating in. And I just want you to know that it's normal, that it is completely normal for it to feel weird. But I promise you on the other side is everything that you've been wanting. Like on the other side in that space of rest and that space of deciding and being intentional because you are not in a fight or flight zone it's, it's beautiful. I think both of us can agree on that one. And it's funny that it does feel uncomfortable because you think surely this is going to feel better, but not if it's not what you're used to. You have to learn. I think we all expect to just like know these things and that's not how it works. You have to learn to operate in a certain way as the CEO of your business that nobody just inherently knows how to do. The default mode is running around like everything's on fire. And then when you get sick of that, you look at, okay, how can I stop doing this? How can I be more intentional? Use, you know, different strategies to do this, but you have to learn how to do that. So if you're like, well, I don't know, nobody does And that's okay. You're not expected to just know these things. But you have to take the time and give yourself the opportunity to learn how to do things differently if you want those different results. Yeah. And I think practice is part of that, too. It's not just like learning the information. It's like, cool, I know what, you know, the sympathetic nervous system is like, great. Are you practicing like on a day to day basis? And I'll give you guys an example, because I had a client recently who was telling me that she was worried about what a client would think of her when she emailed this person back. And I was like, you need to probably like pause before you respond, pause before you respond to an email, because there is nothing urgent or important or life-threatening about the conversation that two of you are having right now, but your nervous system and your mindset is telling you there is. So one of the ways that we can practice is by pausing and responding. And I think Heidi, you talked about that at the very beginning about like being responsive versus reactive. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, this is with practice. So you build the muscle. Now, when I feel myself getting into that space of like, I'm I'm just spiraling. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel pulled in a bunch of directions. My gut instinct now is like drop everything. I need to drop everything and walk away. I need to give myself a minute so I can like calm down because you know like you're saying biologically you are in a completely heightened state that you do not want to be in when you are running a business that's for like running from tigers that's not where you want to be (laughs) in this moment so by just and this has taken years but training myself to just like drop it walk away and then come back with okay making decisions now. What am I going to focus on? Why am I focusing on this? Does this make sense for me to focus on? Or does this get 
pushed to a later date? Does this get scheduled for later? Does this just kind of go in a parking lot and I'll come back to it when I feel like I have the space for it? But in that moment, like you can't make those decisions. And biologically, if you think about it, what's happening here is you have like a a potential threat in front of you. So like years and years and years ago, that would have been a tiger or a bear or like some really big, scary thing that your body would see as a threat. So in that moment, some of the different like pieces of our like brain get shut off. Like some of the critical thinking pieces in our brain aren't functioning in that moment. So Heidi, I love your like pattern interrupter right there where you're just like drop it and walk away, like physically walk away from whatever it is. For me, I do the same thing, except I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go for a walk. I'm just I, gonna go I always, walk. yeah. <laughs> if I can go outside, like that's such a reset to my brain and it just like calms me right down. Yeah. We live um, in the mountains. And so what I'll do is I'll just go stare at the mountains and just remind myself of like, I'm just a speck in comparison to this mountain. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's it's like a, um, they, they talk about it in like somatic practices and in like nervous system regulation. If you can make yourself feel small in like respect to the world, it like kind of puts your nervous system back into like a more regulated grounded state. So that's one thing that you can do is you can go outside and look at the sky you can go for a walk because there's bilateral stimulation, which is always a good thing. Um, what are some other things? Sunshine on your face is always good. You know, it's dark outside. You can't do that. And then there's also orienting. So like if you're sitting in a room and you can't go outside, you can just look around you and just presence yourself back in the moment instead of in a fear state of what's happened in the past or a fear state of what's happened in the future. Presencing back like, nope. I am safe right now. I am safe in this little room because I can see that I have a ceiling above me. I have walls around me. I'm safe right now. Something I've heard that some therapists do for anxiety and that orienting is like, I don't I don't know if it's exactly this, but it's like call out to yourself like four things you can see, three things you can feel, like two things you can touch, one thing you can smell. And it just like reactivates the parts of your body that are shut off because you're freaking the hell out, which is really, I think we think, you know, we're just in this state where we're like working on our business and we're this like elevated, evolved being. And it's like, no, our body thinks we're about to die. So you have to give it what it needs so that you can actually focus. Which is just wild to think about, like, like, oh man, this email just makes me feel like the world is ending, and it's Which like is hilarious. It's an email, <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I mean, there's so many different ways that we can go with this, and so many different conversations we can have around this. But I think this is such a beautiful tie-in to what the summit topic is, which is not working insane hours and also making sure things don't feel like they're on fire. So there's like different pieces to this. And then I loved like where you were talking about how like the very first question is always like, how do you book more? And I think this is a really interesting conversation to have because if you already feel like your business is on fire and if you already feel like your systems are just completely shot, there is a subconscious piece for you right there that's going to be saying, please, for the love of God, do not put more on my plate. And you're going to have this energetic closed for business sign because your nervous system, your mindset, your body, your systems cannot handle more. That is such a good point. And then we're like, why isn't it working? Why am I not booking? And then you beat yourself up and it's like, No, it's like this whole spiral that you've gotten into 
where you're not ready for that. You know, you don't have the actual space for more people. So you're protecting yourself in many ways. Yeah. So I think a lot of wedding pros who are working insane hours are not doing it because their business isn't successful. Like your business can be successful and you're working insane hours. But I really think that a piece of it can be around like this fear of slowing down and creating more space. So I just want to kind of like open up the conversation around that and like what you're seeing with your your clients too. Yeah, I think the first kind of stage everyone goes through, and I should map this out mindset-wise, what people go through belief-wise, but I always see like people assume that their current status quo is the default for everybody and has to be that way. It's just the way it is. And that's how it is. Like there's literally no other way around it. And then, you know, they kind of see other people not going through this and it's like, Oh, wait a minute. But then I think you shift into, but I have to do these things. I have to do all this. All these things just have to get done. And I think once you start pulling apart and I take people through trainings on this because it sounds like a lot of work, but it's actually not that much to make you realize like where your time's going. This can be as simple as just like tracking your time for a week and looking at how much time is going to something that is not driving revenue at all. Like you could be spending 30 hours of your week on something that is not bringing in any business is not, you know, nurturing relationships to bring in more business is not, not even doing client work half the time. It's just like random stuff that you've decided that you're going to do a lot of times just because you came across it and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this right now. So a big part of that is that like initial awareness of, Oh, because it feels like it's just a few minutes. It's just a half hour. I'm just going to spend an hour today on this thing. But you don't look at it cumulatively. You don't look at how much time you're spending on things that don't do anything for you in a week, which then you can look at what does that mean for your year? What does that mean for the next five years? And are you really prepared to spend all of that time on something that doesn't actually matter when you can either completely reclaim that time for yourself or reclaim that time and use it in a way that is more aligned with getting the results that you want. But I think we all have to recognize like we have this really weird compulsion to just fill our time and fill our days. And that's the default. And it doesn't matter if it's right or it's wrong. That's just what we do. And I don't think like, don't judge yourself if you're doing that, because we all do that at some point. It's then being able to take a step back and looking at, okay, just how much time is going toward this? And then usually once people see that, they're like, I don't want to do that anymore. And I actually get to make that decision, which is very exciting and very empowering. Yeah, you get to step into that intentionality around like, oh, awareness, this is a pattern or behavior that's coming up for me, is this something that I want to continue doing or not? And the answer can be yes, you can continue doing it. But now it is a choice that you're continuing to do it rather than an unconscious behavior that you're doing. Something you said, Heidi, that like made me think about like what a lot of business owners do is they spend a lot of their time burning things to the ground and reinventing the wheel. 
So they'll be like, oh, it's 2024. I need to completely redo my entire wedding guide. And I can't use the guide that I had in the past because that's crap. I have to do it from scratch. And I'm going to spend 400 hours in the next month. I don't even know if there's 400 hours in a month, but like, like I'm going to spend the next 400 hours working on this wedding guide. And this, I'm going to put all my hopes and dreams and attachment into this wedding guide. This is going to be the thing that's going to book me more clients. Really? Really? Is that the thing? What about the art of following up with people and building relationships? What about visibility? What about money generating activities? What about editing and not re-editing eight times because it wasn't perfect the first time? There's so many things you could be doing with your time. Yeah. And that's, I'm really glad you point that out because we all have a tendency to want to do that. And we think like everyone sees the things we're doing as stale and you are literally the only person that sees everything in your business. And that's why you feel that way. Repetition is actually a really good thing, especially in marketing. Like you need to be making the same statements, you know, coming out with the same ideas, marketing in the same ways. Your messaging should be kind of boring because it's repetitive. You're making the same arguments over and over again. But you're doing that because it works and you're always dealing with new people and you're dealing with people who may have been following you and haven't seen that before. Something I do, and now I'm at a point where I do it to see if I can prove myself wrong, is I take my best performing Instagram posts and I will literally just repost them to see what happens. And every single time I do it, I get the same results. They do super well, sometimes better than the first time. And I can't, I can't disprove it. Like I have been actively trying to, and I can't. And it just goes to show like sometimes like the lazy way, the easy way is the better way. And I really work with people to look at, okay, like what's working and how can we do more of what's working and then what's not working and how can we either adjust this or can we get rid of it? entirely because I think it's that thing of like when you're in school and like you're struggling in math you spend all your time in math but in a business if there's an area that like you're just you know really focused on TikTok and you're really trying and you're not getting anything and you've tried all these different strategies and you're just not getting anywhere you get to just quit that if it's not making sense for you in your business it doesn't mean like you work harder on that if anything Work harder on the things that are already working because they're going to get you better and easier results. And I, I love the idea of this almost being like a layered cake almost like where it's like you've got that baseline of what's working for you. That's always going to be at the bottom. You're always doing those things. But then like the other layers of the cake are just like different seasons that you're in. So in different seasons, you're going to add different things in. So if TikTok is not working for you and it's something that you're like, should I cut this or should I keep it? It doesn't have to be this forever decision. Like you're not like married to the decision of TikTok, yes or no, zero or a hundred percent. It can be, I'm going to set this down for a season because I know I have been neglecting my base layer of things I know work for my business. I had a, I had a really interesting conversation recently with someone who was like having some visibility issues and like lead generation issues. And I was asking her, I was like, well, you know, are you following up with people? Like, do you have anyone referring you? Like, do people like have you on their like vendor preferred list? And she was like, Oh, I don't know. And I was like, 
that right that right there do you do more of that like that's the thing that you need to be focusing on not changing your website copy you need to be focusing on like the things that are driving money in your business and the things that are driving referrals in your business but also like things that fill you up as well and sometimes those things are like you said deceptively small it doesn't feel like doing this small thing would have an outsized impact but yeah, that's the thing that's going to bring in bookings instead of just working on your website. Yeah, absolutely. And I I just think it's really interesting what people are diagnosing as the problem is very often not actually the problem. Yes, that is so, so common. And I think it just comes from frustration of just, I'm frustrated with this thing. So it means that this thing is the problem. It's like, no, it might just mean that that's not the best use of your time. And you haven't given it enough time. Yeah. Or you need to change how you're approaching it, you know, take a different strategy with it. It, I think we follow our feelings there and it's like, well, I'm upset about this. So this is the problem. And it's like, yeah, but it might just be that the strategy is a problem or it might just be that the time you're allocating to this and, you know, by result of allocating your time to anything, you're not allocating it to something else, that might be the actual problem. So if you, you know, reduce the time you're spending somewhere, give it to a place that's working, you're going to get better results. But I think if, again, it, it falls into that reactivity, if we fall into the trap of just reacting and going after where we feel, feel pulled emotionally you're probably going to be off base. Yeah. One of the things that we do inside of my signature program, Success Accelerator Program, is I have a Monday accountability thread. And they can go all the way back to the beginning of their time in SAP and look at their accountability thread. And I literally did this today. I was like, go back as far as you can to the Monday check-ins. And I want you to look at what you were like wanting to do or accomplish a couple months ago. Check in with yourself are those things still important to you? Like, are they things that you actually need to be doing in your business? Are they things that you've accomplished and you haven't, you like bypassed it and didn't celebrate it? So I think built in accountability somewhere in your business is really going to help a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. And so much of it is like learning to build these muscles, learning to look at your time differently, looking at your business differently and not as just like, this job that you show up to and you do a certain amount of hours in, like, no, you're not in the business of that. You're in the business of results. So if you can get those results in 10 hours a week, guess what? You have the rest of your week. Yeah. One of the things that I think a lot of people kind of bypass is that like your time is one of the most valuable things that you have. It is one of the most precious things that you have. Why are you giving it to things that aren't worthy of your time? Yeah, or that you could pay someone and they could get it done faster and better and then you could use that time to make more money than you paid that person. It's all just that like CEO level perspective shift. Yeah, sometimes I hear creatives say that they don't want to hire things out or outsource things. And one of the things that I've really gotten into this mindset around is that as I make more money and as I outsource more things, I get to support other women-owned businesses by outsourcing things. And to me, that is like such a core value and core mission is like helping other women in the world with gaining financial freedom. So if I can hire it out, 
to another woman, like that is the coolest thing to me. So if you need a perspective shift, that one right there is really handy. Oh, I love that. That's such a good way of looking at it. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the things I want to talk about is just kind of like, what are you excited about with the summit? Because like every single summit is different. You have different speakers every single time. Like what makes this one like super exciting and juicy for you? So this time around, I really focused in on that feeling of everything is on fire. Mm -hmm. It's always definitely been part of the theme, but I've definitely honed in on that with the speakers that I invited with the topics that we have, you know, you have to learn to function as the CEO of your business. You have to learn how to manage your time. You have to learn how to not just run around in default mode, like everything is on fire and everything is very tied back to that idea of how can we reclaim time and how can we get rid of this feeling? How can we get rid of this overall feeling of just like constant overwhelm because it it really does shock me on a regular basis how many people I meet that are in a state of just like day-to-day panic and it's like I I don't understand how you function and I mean a lot of the times it's like you don't because your brain is so occupied but like that's not okay for me that our industry is like that or that our industry is perceived as you just have to, you know, work this amount of hours and you just have to sacrifice yourself. And like, no, that's not okay to me at all. So I really wanted to make sure that in this summit, everything is very much tied to those two ideas of like reclaiming your time, restructuring how you're managing your time. Because I think a lot of times we don't even realize we get to manage our time. It's just something that gets taken from us on a daily basis and getting rid of that, like, oh my God, everything is on fire because we can't do anything when we're in that state. And then people get frustrated about why they're not able to grow, about why they're not able to do the things that they're doing. And it's like, you are physically incapable of doing that when you're in this state of just like absolute panic. I love that the entire summit's like core ethos is around this because I, I see it so often in the wedding industry. Like people will say like, Oh, I need help. And like, I want to like have like you as my coach and I'm like, great, let's go. And they're like, well, I just, I'm just too busy. And I'm like, that's literally what I will help you with. I will help you make more money make more space and feel better in your business. And Heidi, I know you've got spaces too that do that. And I I think it's just so, it makes me sad and a little frustrated. Like when I see like TikToks or reels from wedding industry creatives talking about these, like, like almost like industry standards of you have to be stressed out and you have to be working crazy hours. Like, cause I'm just like, no, no. Like the last like five years that I was a wedding photographer before I retired, I wasn't working that many hours and I was making a six figure income. So like you can do both. You can absolutely do both. Yeah. And if you find yourself, cause these, you know, waves of overwhelm, they come up, but if you learn how to deal with them, you can strategically get yourself out of these situations where, you know, if you're so booked, like, okay, I need to hire somebody to, you know, take on some of these weddings 
Awesome. That's a wonderful problem to have. And you get to solve that in a way that doesn't require you to work, you know, 60, 80 hours a week. And it's this whole normalization of constant stress of this is just how your business is going to be like, it really bothers me because it is not healthy and it's not real. Like I know so many wedding professionals that don't run their business that way. Like there's endless proof that it's a choice and you can choose not to do that. And I want more people to realize that. Yeah. And I hope that like this podcast episode is opening like our listeners eyes around that. We have a saying in my household of um, find a better problem. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm complaining about a problem, like, and I'm just like, this is a dumb problem. I need to find a better problem. (laughs) Like go find something better to do with your time. Like that, that those tend to be the two phrases that like I'll say in my head, if I notice I am spiraling around a problem that actually isn't a problem. And I think that uh, a lot of wedding industry professionals make problems where there actually aren't problems because they, I don't know exactly like why they do it, but like we make problems because we like to solve problems. Like our brain loves to have like a problem to solve. Yeah. And I've, I've had so many conversations over the years with people. They're like, well, I can't do that. And it's like, why can't you do that? And the reason is like something insane. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you need to hear yourself like, oh, my, my kids always come and interrupt me. Oh, how old are your kids? 23 and 27. Like what? No, (laughs) that's not. No, that can't be your reason for not getting things done. You just tell them because they're adults and they can understand that. That's just like learning to put a boundary in place. That's not what I thought we were talking about, which is like, okay, we got to figure out like how you're going to get daycare and like, you know, all these things. We put ourselves in these boxes. And I think if you realize that and you just look at like, Am I in this situation because I'm choosing to be in this situation on some level, probably not consciously? It's empowering because you realize you have another choice. You can do things differently and you don't just have to, you know, sleep through life and accept like, oh, this is just how we do it because that rarely leads to any sort of satisfaction. Yeah. We love to play the game in my coaching spaces where if somebody comes up with a limiting belief and they're like, you know, like saying it to me and I'm just like, yes, but why? And then like, they'll answer and I'll be like, okay, but why? Okay. But why? And you do why five times and you can get to the root of that limiting belief pretty quickly. And you realize that it's like, oh, that's actually not a excuse that I want to continue like making the choice of using. So I'm going to now make the choice of changing and I'm going to do this in order to change. And what you've said is a very good way of looking at it. It's not, oh, I'm an idiot because I was doing this. It's I from this moment on, I'm choosing differently. That's all there is to it. There's nothing to beat yourself up about. You didn't realize what you were doing, so you couldn't have changed. But now you do realize it, so you can do something about it. And I think that's a very healthy mindset to have in your business. So you're not constantly like, why didn't I do this sooner? Because you couldn't. Yeah. And I, I, I tell this to my clients all the time. You have to put yourself in context. If you're going to sit there and beat yourself up over not doing something in the past, you need to look at the context of what was like, what else was going on in your world at that time. You might've had personal stuff going on. You might've had other business stuff going on. You might've had conflict in other spaces in your life where you could not put the bandwidth 
towards problem solving something. So putting yourself in context, I think, is a really important skill set to like work on as the CEO of our business and just recognizing just because I didn't do this in the past doesn't make me bad, broken or wrong. It just means that in that season, I was choosing what was available to me that my mind was letting me see was available to me. I am not in that season anymore. So I'm making a very different choice. And these are CEO skills. These are skills that none of us know we need to have when we start a business. Often we're in business for several years before we realize, you know, the symptom of not having these skills is like the amount of time you're working or how you're spending your time or your mindset around different things. And once you realize that, that's wonderful. Like you get to make a change. You get to learn to do things differently. And that's what the summit's all about is like learning different ways from so many different people of how to do this. So you will be able to find something that suits you to apply in your own business to start to really take, you have like all of these levers in front of you that you don't even realize you have because you haven't like in a, video, in a video game, like you haven't unlocked that ability yet. You know, you have to learn the skill to be able to unlock that ability. And then you get to behave differently because you know how to do these things. And I don't know, that to me is just very exciting. Yeah. It's such an empowering mindset. And I love that the entire summit's like purpose is to empower people, empower wedding creatives. So Heidi, I'd love to hear like all the information everyone needs to know about the summit. Also fun, fun news for you guys. I'm going to be speaking at the summit, which I'm so excited about. I've already started my presentation. I've been like um, starting to map it out and I'm just like, oh, this is going to be so juicy. So Heidi, take it away with everything everyone, everyone needs to know. Yes. So you can get the link to join from Aislinn. Definitely use her link. It is free to join. You can join us completely free. Get your free ticket. It runs February 12th through the 16th. And we have a huge amount of just like amazing presentations happening each day. With the free ticket, you get 24-hour access to each day's worth of presentations, and then the next ones come out the next day. We have some upgrades available with lifetime access to all the presentations, a ton of bonuses from the speakers. So definitely check that out after you get your free ticket. But Aislinn, tell people what you're going to be teaching them. Yeah. So I'm really excited. Heidi asked me like what I might want to talk on. And so I like gave her a couple options. And the one that we settled on that we're both like really excited about is the power of language. So the name of the actual presentation is language revolution, build better self-talk. So some of the conversations that we were having here today and some of the dialogue we were having here today was around mindset and around CEO mindset. And it is very difficult to practice this when you don't even know what you're practicing. So part of what my presentation is going to be talking about is just some of these mindsets and how to make really tiny shifts in your language and shifts in the inner dialogue, or I guess it's monologue, the inner monologue that's going on for you and making those shifts and just watching what happens when your language shifts into more empowering cheerleader type energy instead of this critic energy. And that is one of those like super important CEO skills that we don't just automatically have. I think so many of us are like, well, I started a business, so I should be able to just do this. No, you have to learn how to do it. And in our, in our industry, we only really talk about, you know, 
booking more weddings and, you know, this, this side of things, we don't talk enough about, okay, then what, you know, how are you going to have a life? How are you going to, you know, not kill yourself working 80 hour weeks, which when you're not examining how you're spending your time can very, very easily happen. That's like a slippery slope kind of situation. So this is going to give you the opportunity to learn from people like Aislinn. We have so many other amazing speakers that you are going to get to learn from and you can do it for free. So make sure to uh, use Aislinn's link and get your free ticket because it is going to be a ton of fun. I'm so excited. And I have already decided like what I'm going to be giving towards the contribution for the power pack and it's going to be good. So you guys should definitely do the upgrade. Like when it comes available, like definitely, definitely do that. You guys are going to love everything that's in there. Like behind the scenes right now, looking at what's going in there. It's like, Ooh, this is good. This is good. This is good. (laughs) Just going down the list of everybody's amazing bonuses. I love that. Heidi, this has been an incredible conversation. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and having this beautiful conversation with me. I know my audience is going to love this entire episode. There's so many good little nuggets and takeaways. Yeah. And I think more than anything, like don't beat yourself up. If you're not in a position you want to be in, look at it as, you know, if someone else can do this, that's proof that you can do it. You just need to learn how you need to learn how to change what you're doing. And usually Like we said, it can be those like deceptively small changes that really change everything for your business. So I'm excited for you to learn how to do this. And thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, well, I'm going to put everything that you guys need to know on how to find Heidi, how to sign up for the summit. All those fun things are going to go in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much for making this podcast just such a wonderful space for me to be in. And I will see you guys on the next episode.